I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Old Millennial. Yay. A podcast that is a deep dive on shallow topics uh, if you grew up in the generation commonly referred to as millennials. Yeah. My name is Margo. I'm Emily. And we're your hosts. We're old millennials. Such old millennials. <laughs> I feel very old. I get very tired at 10.30 p.m. I spend way more money on skincare than I should. <laughs> we're both fans of Everlane but refuse to stand in the line. There you go. That's how you know you're an old mill. There you go. <laughs> there you go. With sensible footwear, nonetheless. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's not get crazy here. My arches are singing. Uh, We came to this podcast, which is our very first episode, since you're probably joining us the way that we're joining iTunes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We came to this podcast over our mutual love of pop culture. Yeah, we kept seeing each other through mutual friends at parties and various functions and quickly found out we were both very much into the same pop culture, Um, very quickly got each other's deep cuts in terms of pop culture references and I actually think what we're going to be talking about today is one of the very first things that you and I had a very long talk about yes. at a random Christmas party yes. which was very inappropriate very inappropriate but yeah. Emily and I are practically like weird carbon copies of each other yeah. we're both first generation from French moms and except that Emily grew up on the east coast and I grew up on the west coast Yes, and we're going to find out very, or we found out very quickly that that totally impacted kind of how we saw millennial activities of like the, you know, 90s, 2000s, just all of those kind of pop culture milestones really looked very different on our coasts. And also our deep obsession with uh, all shows that crossed MTV, VH1, oh yeah, uh, Nickelodeon in yeah. some ways, yeah. and probably the WB as it transitioned into CW, yeah. UPN, and I mean not to mention oh the music, <laughs> oh, oh the t- oh the wonderful and terrible music that we were very into. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's that's great. for later's. Yes. yes. For nows, today. We're going to be talking about the phenomenon that was Laguna Beach and the hills. There and then go. transitioning into the hills, new beginnings. 
Yes, and uh, the rest is still unwritten. I really, I totally I forgot. To I wanted to cue up the song, and I completely forgot. I and I meant it. to ask you, too, before we started recording, oh, yeah, what was the theme song in Laguna Beach? So I can cue that up before you start doing your deep dive, and then I'll cue up Natasha Beddingfield. But no, I dropped the ball. It's the first I, well, episode. It's going to happen a lot more. I'm glad you came clean, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic, uh, iconic music, iconic, iconic music. scene. Oh man, we'll we'll get into Hillary Duff in the future for sure. I can't imagine a scenario in which we would not do a very extensive, multi-part episode about Lizzie McGuire and how I wanted Gordo to be my boyfriend. But that's again a topic for a different time. Good I boyfriend. think. I mean, let's talk about the dudes that we never wanted to make our boyfriend, which are all of the men on Laguna Beach and also the hills. Oh, just garbage. Oh, just, Garbage time dudes Garbage. where you're just like, who? You guys are fighting over this? Over Steven? And, and who is fine, but it's like... It's pre, like, social media, pre-Tinder. Like, it's just, you know, like, you know, we talk about experiences on dating apps. Like, one friend of mine, like, referred to it as, like, being at a Marshalls. You know, you gotta see through. <laughs> so through, like, all the racks. But it's kind of like that, but in real life. So, like, you had this group, but it was just, like, everyone you should never swipe right on. <laughs> it is interesting that you, that you bring up social media, because it is... Laguna Beach probably would be a very different show. I'm sure it would be a lot more like Flora Bama Short, which I have not watched, but yeah. I have heard that I should try to give a chance to. But I, my plate is full with Real Housewives and 90 Day Fiance. I am not accepting new, terrible, trash reality people into my life at this time. But I just wonder what Laguna Beach would be like, because even The Hills had started... During The Hills tenor, they, um, they had started to get tabloid coverage at a certain point and then that was very different because a lot of the times on the show they wouldn't really acknowledge it or bring it up at all it was as if their real lives on the show did not apply to their their quote-unquote real lives on the show which i believe is exactly why they had allegations of like it was scripted it was scripted but really it's sort of more of like a a less sophisticated curb your enthusiasm episode where they just like set them up and be like you're mad at this person and scene yeah, no, I mean, it is kind of crazy when you think about it that that was, yeah, in the meantime, they were, like, fixtures on every tabloid at the time versus, and in the meantime, yeah, you're going, there's still these bars on the hills where there's just, like, nothing going on at all. Like, it's just, like, a normal night out. But even Laguna Beach kids didn't really get, like, a ton of coverage at all. No, no. And, and what, do you think it's because they were minors? I, it, I think it might be minors also yeah minors and also they were somewhat removed you know because like they were in Laguna Beach it wasn't the hills was in LA right and so if you're in LA you're already where all the paparazzi photogra- photographers are going to be like it's just it doesn't really help if you're stumbling out of Les Deux which is no longer a club <laughs> uh, that doesn't help your situation of not getting featured in Us Weekly but luckily that was also pre-TMZ can you even imagine the world no I it's such a weird like and and just knowing, like, you could go... I mean, back then, yeah, paparazzi were prominent, but, like, just at TMZ, man. Yeah, I, the worst thing that could happen to you was that Perez Hilton would, like, draw jizz on your face, which yeah. is obviously gross, and I can't believe we let that happen for as long so as it did. Long. And I think it's still... I mean, he still has a site. I don't know if that stuff happens anymore, but... Yeah, it was... I forgot about all of... Oh, my God. I mean, the I, nicknames. There were so many nicknames for all the celebrities. Well... <laughs> Let's not go down this path of TMZ mm. for Ezel, even though no. they do play a little bit of a role in the hills. Yeah. Why don't you talk to me about 
Laguna Beach. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I did as much of a deep dive as I could. Um, so as most of you remember, there are two very prominent seasons of Laguna Beach. So it's like very much focused the first two seasons on Lauren or Elsie, Lauren Conrad, uh, Kristen Cavallari. Um, and then they are kind of enemies because they are in a love triangle with one Stephen Coletti <laughs> or Stephen. Stephen! <laughs> Um, who still looks the same, by the way. I know, it's, it's so eerie. It's so creepy. I can't, I really can't tell if it's a good or a bad thing. Thank God his clothes got better, because I stumbled across one of his old photos, I'm like, you guys were fighting over him. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know what, though, if he sacrificed, like, the blood of a trucker hat or something, and, like, you know, that's what he, he drinks from that fountain of 2004 energy, you know? He pulled a Von Dutch hat out of, like, a crappy fountain in the <laughs> right, mall, right, and right. now he has eternal youth. Like, a shittier, what is that? Not Like Huck a picture? No, what is it? No, not part, well, yes, that, but also, uh, not Huck Finn, oh, but, like, Benjamin, nope. Different one. It was like Tuck Everlasting. Tuck Everlasting. Oh my god! And that was with Alexis Bledel. Oh that my was god. on the tip of my tongue. Yes, he is. Uh. A t- he's like a shittier, sadder, uh, pack sun wearing Tuck Everlasting. <laughs> like he's a manager of a pack sun, like haunting, haunting <laughs> your local mall that closed two years ago to make room for a town center. <laughs> it's just better. <laughs> Glendale has one. <laughs> Town with an E. Um. <laughs> so you know it's quaint, Emily. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. For sure. For sure. So, um, okay. So the first two seasons very much focus on this main cast of those three. And, of course, Elsie's best friend is Lauren as well. Lauren Bosworth, a.k.a. Lowe. Um, and uh, very, you know, like they are always together. Best friends, whatnot. Um, Kristen, I've never understood, sorry, having a best friend who is the same name as you. I know, I know. Maybe it's because my name is not as common as, say, a Lauren. Yeah. But I've always found that to be so, I feel like you gotta try really hard to have your best friend have the same name as you. That's all. Yeah. No, I I lived with Emily's freshman and sophomore year of college, which was just so confusing. Um, (laughs) One, lovely people, but so confusing. Um, yeah. And then there was, okay. So then Kristen season one, I mean, there's not really much in the friendship department that we're focusing on because she's kind of a outlier because she's like the one junior. I think there was maybe one other junior talent, but (laughs) yeah, talent who lives in Omaha, Nebraska now. Yeah. So we did a little research on LinkedIn because we're here lately. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're here with some good, I think some vital information. Some crucial knowledge. Um, so talent, or talent is on LinkedIn. First LinkedIn, of all, yeah, a lot of them surprisingly more the outlier characters. It's just nice to know that you know, and in the end, LinkedIn gets us all. Yeah, they connect us. Stop it. <laughs> Do not give them free spawn until I they pay know, us. I know. Um, okay. So then, uh, so so Kristen and and talent are kind of like these outliers because they're juniors. So then the two main friendships we're focusing on are going to be, like, um, the main one, obviously, is Elsie and Lo. And then there's the other one that people forget, uh, which was Christina and Morgan. This is season one, by the way. Christina was a kind of evangelical Christian oh, with right. a pastor, like, mega church pastor, right, Dad? Right. I mean, that's how she was rich. Of course. Um, and <laughs> Also, Orange County. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there was like, um, so she was like a singer, actress, wannabe. Her best friend Morgan was a uh, Mormon and wanted to get into BYU and marry like the perfect Mormon boyfriend and like uh, all that kind of stuff. And eventually she did live out her dreams. She was initially rejected from BYU and that was a focal point in one of the episodes. Um, but then. I remember that being, I remember that 
having that be such a impactful storyline. So, yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, you really should have just like aimed a little higher. Right. Or just had a, a variation on your goals. I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was fairly avoidable. For sure. For sure. Um, so they were kind of lesser of the, the best friend friend groups or whatever. Um, and then the other ones that I remember here are going to be, um, so there was obviously Kristen, Talon, there's Trey, who was a, who was kind of like, um, oh, Trey was so good. So Trey was the fashion designer. So there was like season one, Trey was like this guy who made like trucker hats, I think. Oh, that rings up very fashion show. So he's now a design, a a designer at Vera Wang. That's the LinkedIn research pulled that one out. Oh, right. Yeah. From Trucker Hats to Vera Wang, that is a story. That is, that's a come up right there. I I would say. So far, out of the minor cast of characters, Trey did the best. Good for him. Good for him. And he's not living in Omaha. Yes. Also a win. No offense, Omaha. We love you. Um, So then, oh, and the other one who lives, so Christina is now a fitness instructor, and she runs a website called Beach Babe Fitness, very, very Southern California. Um, and so this is kind of our main cast. And so the big thing obviously is this love triangle and we were doing, I was doing some research, figured out like that the creator of, um, a Laguna beach was, you know, talk Gary Auerbeck was one of the producers, not the creator, um, drama storylines. He was working on the story and it's like Laguna beach. Oh my God. Like, what are we going to try? How are we going to make this interesting? A reality show? Cause this is based off the OC. And so this is like, it should be note noted that like, this show was made in response to the OC, which had premiered in, I believe, August of 2003. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, like this runaway hit on Fox. And uh, Laguna Beach is like, how do we capitalize on this? This is based on real people. So they went to Laguna Beach. Um, and fun backstory, they were supposed to air or film in the high school. But during the t- like the Super Bowl happened, the really infamous halftime show, which MTV sponsored, by the way, with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, wardrobe malfunction and all that justice for janet justice hashtag justice for janet we are a part of your rhythm nation janet. um we uh, stand for you i girl. mean there's like a whole other side story that we talk about how justin's made his career off the backs of other women oh, but that's totally. a totally different totally, story totally different story that'll we'll get into let's that. stay in long beach or long we'll beach oh my <laughs> god i'm so sorry oh no the I mean, real long- lbc <laughs> Long Beach, which has come a long way, baby. I mean, it looks totally different than when I was a kid. But let's go back to Laguna Beach, a significantly whiter and more... Well, it's not as Republican anymore, according to a graph that I saw. But um, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. No. No worries. That This was all fascinating stuff. So basically... Gary Gary Auerbach was the executive producer. um, So he and his wife were really good friends with TV drama writers. And they were working uh, to figure out, like... How do we make this appealing? How do we make this have the feel of a soap opera, but it still be a reality show? Because you you have to keep in mind, by the way, in terms of context here, MTV, I think the biggest thing with reality shows at the time were like, there was like the newlyweds, and then there was real world, obviously. Um, Oh, the Osbournes as well. And the Osbournes. But this idea, this concept of like the soap opera reality show where there is no confessional component to it. They sort of approached it as like a, docu-reality series. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's a theme that continues, and that's why that line is kind of blurred between, like, what's fact, what's fiction, like, all that kind of stuff. But he, um, Gary Auerbeck, to get back to him, he was friends with a bunch of TV drama writers who were just like, you want to go seek for, you know, that drama, that conflict. And so they played up this, like, Elsie Kristen 
uh, you know, they hate each other, all that. When in fact, I mean, I think they disliked each other, but it was certainly not what it was shown to be. And like Kristen has come out and said that like countless times that this was way exaggerated. Um, but this is one of those things where like, again, producers come in. I feel like this is one of the first times we're seeing like the fluffing, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. like producers coming in or like, or how editing really can manipulate right. or change storylines. Like I think long, or oh my God, I keep trying to call it a long beach. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. Uh, Laguna <laughs> beach was probably one of the first times where you could conceivably say that like the villain edit. Yeah. It's like, it's an early iteration of it right, right. where like you, it really can come down to editing and it's something that you had heard in the past on real world. And I wouldn't say that you heard it necessarily on newlyweds or on the Osborne, especially not the Osborne's. I yeah, think no. that that was just sort of like, I don't know. That was just sort of like a family. Let's like, put a camera. Let's follow this family. See what happens. Right. Right. But in this, I feel like Laguna Beach and the Hills kind of like improved upon Laguna Beach's like pretty stellar model. Right. And then that sort of opened the door for things like Vanderpump Rules, where it is very, like, the storylines are very heavily manipulated. Yeah. And everybody, but everybody also knows it. Everyone knows. Like, you're you're not watching reality shows now-a-days to get a real experience. Like, Absolutely it is not. That's why experience. I get so upset whenever Real Housewives show their, like, toddler-aged children. I was like, no. Unless they talk back to you, I don't want to see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they give birth to some rich honey boo-boos or something. <laughs> or, like, no, they're just, they're a couple of wives on every, almost every franchise of this wonderful television program. And their kids are, like, maybe they're, and it's always their daughters, are somewhere between the age of, like, 17 and, like, 22. Right, right, and right. they're always the more mature adult. And so they're always, like, giving their mothers the side eyes. And they sort of act as, like, the Greek chorus for the audience. Because you're true. like, listen to your child. You did something right. <laughs> No, this is true. No, you're right. The, my limited exposure to Housewives, and by the way, I should admit, like, I've watched a couple of episodes, a season here or there, but I know we, by no means am I an expert. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's always those teenager kids, early 20 kids who are just like, mom, what the fuck? Like, but more to, to your point, it was just like, I don't want to see my re- my everyday reality. Oh, totally. Uh, reflected upon the screen I want to see and that's sort of what Laguna Beach did a really good job of sort of like straddling the balance of like oh like here's this peek into like a really rich elite socio-economic tier of people yeah and like they they're really petty and they fight just like your friends do right 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 and so I felt like that sort of like it helped fuel a fantasy again I still think that like Laguna Beach was like the perfect prototype to the hills because hills really fucking nailed it especially You'll never get more perfect, I think, than their third season, and I think that that's what most reality shows go for, that sort of ten- tension and drama and escalation where everything and nothing happens all the time. Right, And right, that's right. the same with the Beach. No, it makes perfect sense. And you're right, they were, they, I think they were still in the experimental mode, and so there are times where just the flow is there, flow isn't there. It's I mean, didn't they of- shoot Long Beach, or... Pff- God damn it. <laughs> now it's a whole thing. Now it's um, a whole thing. Didn't they shoot Laguna Beach for like nine months, which seems yeah. insane? Well, yeah, because it was over the course of, of the like high school year, which which makes sense. It just but, seems like such a long life cycle now when yeah. you think about shooting a reality show. Well, and, and yeah, exactly. Or it's, a production cycle. It's like a 90-day, usually. I feel like it's like... Somewhere not, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, yeah not, it's, not, it's not most of your year. No, not at all. Not at all. And like, so what's interesting with Laguna Beach is on top of that, like one of the places they couldn't film during that nine-month period was the high school because after this whole MTV thing happened, I forgot to bring it back to that earlier. But you're bringing it back but now, I'm bringing though. It back. That's all that bringing it back. Um, that they, like, the parents and producers, it's just, like, everyone was, everyone was outraged. And so, or, well, it wasn't producers. It was the parents and, like, people of Laguna Beach were like, we are not letting you film this high school. So um, they did not have any high school footage. So you'll remember now that, like, 
They spend a ton of time at like restaurants, at people's houses, just lounging around. Like you go to a they party, went to that hotel party, hotel party. The black and white party was at a hotel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then uh, Cabo and all that. But like, it's it's kept outside of school, which is crazy because that was what they were doing. Like most of their time was spent in school. But I don't think they were really <laughs> making much of it. <laughs> Um, but in the sense that sort of helped establish like the fantasy of like these glamorous high school kids that never have to go to right, school. Exactly. But that was when you think about it, that was also a lot of the OC was they were hardly ever in school. There was like at the boardwalk or at like Seth and Ryan's house or yeah. at Summer's house. Or you watch Marissa Cooper have a complete fucking meltdown out of the pool. Yeah. Like they were never when they were in school, it was mainly sort of like as a transitionary scene, essentially, yeah. to like get you from one bridge to the next. Like even I don't remember like the, I for me in the OC the biggest like touchstone moment that I can think of was that New Year's Eve party that had nothing to do with high school. Yeah, no. Where no. like Ryan runs up at like the perfect moment or whatever and like kisses Marissa. Marissa. Yeah, yeah. And that was not a high school party. No, no, that was like that was like twenty eight year old party. Like because everyone looked great. Carrying you know? on the tradition that Clueless had started. Right. False expectations of how good looking everybody is in high school. Everyone has clear skin. Great Everyone fashion. looks fabulous. People are not shitty drivers that nearly get you into accidents every time you get in their car. I mean, I just, I, how, how was I going to survive? You know, like, <laughs> everything was skewed. Um, but yes, so... There was, yeah, so they're, they're filming everything in, like, restaurants, they're filming whatever, parties, what have you, um, and, and I think the biggest one that we all remember is the, the concept of the black and white parties, and, like, oh it's, like, I believe it's the first episode. I also feel like that is peak going to high school in 2003. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. We have the, um, infamous short white skirts. Like, you, you know, there was, like, the peasant, it was, like, let's take what a peasant skirt would kind of look like and then just crop it. <laughs> so you had, like, these white, flowy, crop mini skirts, and they're super low rise, and then you have, like, um, a ruched up white tank top. Oh, my God, or sky tops, or even sky worse. Tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I, and then, oh, there's a lot of this kind of scarf action where you have a long scarf. You remember raccoons streaks? Yes, yes, where, yes. Where, like, you'd have, like, super dark hair, but you get, like, blonde streaks, and they yes. would just be like three inches thick and you're like why would anybody right. let me do this a lot of lot of streaky highlights in this on this show and like, also like bad eyebrows lots of over plucking and over brows we were talking yeah. about yeah just like pencil thin just awful and like excessive makeup everyone is super tan like so orange like like spending all day in the tanning bed i mean it was just like and you're you were spray tans popular at that time i feel like they weren't yet like i yeah. feel like i remember growing up where i grew up everyone i knew no one did spray tans everyone did a tanning bed mm. um so that was a thing but i was also on the east coast so it could be different no tanning beds were fairly popular <clears throat> even though we all lived in los angeles where you just need to spend about 40 minutes in the sun and you'd get the same thing. Sadly, not the same thing in Washington, Right, you guys have real weather. It's totally different. <laughs> yeah, if you were in the D.C. suburbs, it was a tanning bed for you. Um, <laughs> but like you wisely said earlier, not everybody is meant to be tanned. No, no, not everyone is meant to be tanned. I am certainly not one of them. You, you can't see, see me, but I'm sure you can feel me. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, so it's just, like, the peak fashion in this. So we have a lot of that, like, aesthetic of the, oh, let me, you know, if I'm not going out, I'm wearing sweatpants and a tank top, and it's, like, a messy bun and, like, this very... I mean, like, don't attack my personal style. But it was, like, a but add some juice But it was Juicy it. Couture. Yeah, juicy, and, like a juicy... And it was velour. Velour. Like, you're wearing velour. What? How are you not sweating I in velour know. sweat? Like, not to get graphic on here, but, like, you know, you know, like, just... Anyway, um, <laughs> so there's just, like, this weird aesthetic. The fashion at the time is so interesting. The black and white party, um, it's just, like, excessive drama in a hotel room. And that's the thing. That is the common – the word dra- – I feel like there's a drinking game with the word drama in the Laguna Beach Hills franchise. It's just um, – but I, like, ultimately, I mean, the thing I can say about this show – and, and, and I will come up, I will do a little anecdote on season three if there are some of you who are fans out there. Um, ultimately, those first two seasons just kind of showed us some really, for the first time, just kind of this, like, glamorized high school, but it's also real life. And, like, you know, it blurred that line. It was a weird thing, and we were still just kind of getting used to it. And, and like, it continued on to season two where... There was, like, another you know, love triangle with, like, LC had ended with Steven and all that. I think they got back together for a bit, but it wasn't forever. But then there's yes. Jason. Oh, God. So J- the, the saga of Jason is introduced in The ballad of Jason Waller. Jason Waller. Oof. Um, so, so let's recap here. So, so Jason, season two, we've got the seniors who've graduated. So all we have left from season one is our talent and... And uh, Kristen. We're introduced to Kristen's friends, who are Jessica, or a.k.a. Jessica. Um, and uh, then we also have one of the Alexes. So Alex H. is is the one that's Kristen's friend. Um, and Jessica at the time is dating Jason Waller on the baseball team. And Jason, they break up. Or does he cheat? Anyway, regardless, Jason ends up eventually with Alex M., Alex Merle, um, and so then there's this, they're almost trying to set up a love triangle similar to the Steven, Kristen, Lauren love triangle right. of season one, but then it doesn't really work out because then LC shows up. So we've had, so at this rate, Jason's dated Jessica, he's dated the other Alex, and now he starts dating LC in that season. Right. It's like towards the end. So that happens and that begins a saga that you'll talk more about later, um, but ultimately season two, I mean, it happens, it's great. It's fun, whatever. I don't think it has the same resonance as season one. Right. Um, but it, especially cause like Kristen's not dating anyone. Like it's just, I don't know. Um, but then there, and then I'll, I'll do a little quick shout out to the third season. It's just completely, they went all safe by the bell new class for the third season. Um, so you have an entirely different cast of characters with an exception of like a sprinkling of, of, of appearances. Jessica does get involved with one of the high school guys, which is interesting. Um, she shows back up again, but it's mostly fake focused on this girl. Um, her name is Tessa. And then her best friend's name is Raquel or goes by Rocky. But then Rocky gets becomes friends again with Brianna, who is, in fact, Elsie's sister, Brianna Conrad. Oh, my God, I forgot we that's had Elsie's sister. And that's the one tie-over, but ultimately this season ends up kind of being really boring. There's, like, a group of mean girls, I think mean, it's, like, Kendra and Cammy, and ultimately just wasn't, I don't think, it, it kind of lost its flavor at that point, and I believe The Hills started right around the same time as season three of Laguna Beach, perhaps? Was season three of Laguna Beach in 2006? Yes. yes okay. Yes, yes, yes. So the so, Hills kind of came about at, like, a perfect time. Yes. And I was probably, we were probably both prime demographics, but yeah. 
So we talked about this a lot, and we talked about it today earlier, but being, like, first generation of parents that are not from this country, I had, I struggled with, like, what to expect from college. And so I ended up going to community college, and right when I was, like, living at home, but also started, like, experiencing going out for the first time and experiencing, like, dating people that I didn't go to high school with that I didn't know my whole life right. because I grew up in Burbank. And so once you start elementary school... You kind of get sent, if you don't move or if you stay in the same district, you will most likely go to elementary school, middle school, and high school with predominantly the same people with very little change in between. Like every once in a while, you'll get a new person, but that sheen rubs off and they become just like other Burbank people. And you're like, ugh, you, mm-hmm. all of you disgust me. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so I was experiencing all that. On top of that, I also had a fake ID. So I was like going out. And the Hills really kind of like spoke to me because I felt like, in a lot of ways, The Hills was sort of like Sex in the City, like a PG-13 Sex and the City. I almost said age-appropriate, but not. I don't think that Sex and the City wasn't age-appropriate for me at 18 well, or was, so. It wasn't age-appropriate, but it was. It reflected the life you were, the glamorous, glamorized version of the life you could be living at that point, if you right. know what I mean. Like, yes. Like, you you weren't, you you would want Carrie Bradshaw's life at that point, but you were also 18, so it's not It was more aspirational right. versus inspirational, where, like, The Hills, like, I could go out and conceivably do most of the shit right. that they were doing exactly. on any given exactly. Day. So the Hills ran for a considerably longer amount of time, and although they did lose LC around season five, I believe, right around the time where Heidi got married, yeah. and they switched over to having Kristen be like the main protagonist antagonist because she has that sort of duality. And don't worry, I will get into very cavalry because I watched it, and spoiler alert, I fucking loved it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it went on for six seasons, and they kind of, like, managed to do, like, this new class a little bit better mm-hmm. than Luna Beach did, but by the sixth season, you could kind of tell that they had run out of steam and storylines. Like, there was only so much that they could keep doing. So The Hills ran from 2006 to 2010. They had six seasons, and I think the most impressive thing about The Hills is not only did they sort of create a template for other sort of ensemble reality shows about people trying to live out their dreams in L.A., like Vanderpump Rules, which right. I am not coincidentally a massive fan of um they set out like just sort of like the standard of what new reality shows could be like and they also had a shit ton of spin-off series just from the hills right they spawned the unsuccessful the city with whitney port but Aww. that was because sorry whitney you're kind of boring i know she's so <laughs> pretty though she, you're so, she seems like a very nice person oh, totally and probably is very cool in real life but that doesn't necessarily always translate to good TV. No. There she, was also the fantastic Kel on Earth with Kelly Catrone. That was yes. on Bravo. Yes. But that followed their season, I believe, two, season two boss yeah, of People's, People's Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. Uh, and then a show that was mostly forgotten about by everybody, including Emily and myself, Audrina Partridge's show, Audrina. It went on for one Did season. Did it have an exclamation point at No, oh. I just added it because I felt like it needed inflection because if you read it the way that she talks, it would just be like, Audrina. Audrina. <laughs> like that we immediately knew. Uh, it was one season. It was a show that followed her and her family, as well as her then-boyfriend turned husband and now her ex-husband, because let's really fucking come full circle. That is... It was canceled after one season saga. because of low ratings. Oh. Um, but there are many things that make, I think, that make The Hills very iconic during their time, and that, because hindsight is twenty twenty, yeah. uh, it was it's a lot more avant-garde in a lot of ways. Like, I felt like the... From a cinematic and well, not cinematic, but just from like the way that they shot it standpoint, it improved upon the template that 
Laguna Beach had laid out. For sure. Where it just looked more like a movie or looked more cinematic just in general versus like a real world, which didn't really look like that. Um, And I also think that they... The Hills don't get enough credit for being essentially a sentient Instagram feed because oh, yeah. it was, it, like I said earlier, it's it's inspirational. You would watch this show and they'd have these beautiful shots of Los Angeles. And I'm like, it never looks like this here. It's gross. Um, or you like catch things at dusk or like they would just get these really wonderful shots or like these time lapse shots and there's no traffic and everybody's beautiful. Everybody's enjoying the sun and nobody's like it's, being choked by smog. It's kind of like, okay, so in Sex and the City, they used to say like New York is one of the characters. It's kind of like, Los it, Angeles was 100% one it, of the characters, the characters on the Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the interesting differentiation, I think, or the, one of the more interesting ones from the hills to Laguna Beach was that Laguna Beach had sort of pr- positioned itself as being like a response to the OC, the scripted show. Mm-hmm. They're going to give this like real life, it, like this real life glimpse into like what teens are really like, like they're not like this, they're like this. But the Hills didn't really do that. They weren't really mirroring another show. They were just, instead of responding to pop culture, they ended up being a pop culture touchstone that people now reference constantly. That's wow. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, and also, like I mentioned before, La- Laguna Beach didn't get the same kind of coverage the way that the Hills did, which no. is weekly tabloid coverage all of the time. Which is why my content is so inferior <laughs> compared to, like, the <laughs> plethora of content you have. I know. It, I mean, it's not fair. The Hills, again, ran for way longer. Oh, totally. And they ran out of steam at a later point in time. But luckily, I mean, I think one thing that the Hills had that Laguna Beach could never match up with were... Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt. Oh my god. Like those two, I mean, let's just back back it up to Spencer Pratt really quick. Like Spencer Pratt to me is famous because he was in that photo with Mary Kate where she was doing a bunch of coke with a bunch of private school kids. He was in that tabloid photo. He's the dude with his arm around her which some genius journalist or reporter once asked Mary Kate about knowing Spencer Pratt and she basically called him a big baby because he cried, like he threw a temper tantrum and cried after he lost a soccer game. She was like, yeah, he was kind of an asshole and he's still an asshole. And I was like, huh. Good for you. Good for you, MK. (laughs) You and your... So the cast of characters, um, or at least another thing that sort of like likens it to being... um, compared to Sex and the City in some ways, was, like, the cast of characters were all women in the center of it. So, yes. obviously, we have Elsie. Then we have Heidi, who is Elsie's fashion friend, or fashion school friend, because they went to fit him. Yeah. And roommate. But she's not the fashion school friend for very, very long. No, because we, if there's one thing, I mean, <laughs> Heidi is a fucking cautionary tale, if I've ever seen one. I mean, yes. I think that her relationship with Spencer was the first time I have ever seen a, a real-life toxic relationship play out before my eyes like you watched him systematically take her away from people in her life and like just brainwashed her it was like as if the red flags were being thrown as darts and the board was the tv screen just like one after another just every single episode and there's just something about Heidi that sort of like makes her the perfect I don't I hesitate to say victim because I'm not trying to disrespect their current marriage or upset them because they have kids and obviously they've lasted for 12 years so who's the joke on really but or is it more than that? Like, I I didn't look I up mean, how long yeah, they've been together. Yeah, because the wedding but... must have happened in, like, what, 2009? Been, they've been together since, like, what, 2006? Six? Six. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they've been together a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> so it, it was just very interesting to watch that all play out. But So Heidi, in a series of decisions that were all generally would put them under the umbrella of poor, although she does have her degree now. I believe she went to UC Santa Barbara and yeah. ended up getting a degree in something else. Her. 
but she left famously left Fidham for a job at Bolt House Productions, which yeah. she later got fired from because she was wasted at a company event. It's a common pattern with Heidi. <laughs> then you have Audrina, aka Ceiling Eyes, who lives in their building. That's kind of it. She worked for Coyote at a certain point because every time I drive past their studios, because they have one in Burbank, or I'm sorry, they have one in Glendale, excuse me, that you can see from the freeway, yeah. and they have one in Coanga, I always just think about her giant eyes, and it's all I can think about. Um, and then you have Whitney, Elsie's Teen Vogue intern coworker pal, who also then leaves Teen Vogue and goes to People's Revolution with her. And Whitney was famously known as the girl who did go to Paris. Good for her. Can, before we move on, could we also note that one of the other Teen Vogue interns was none other than Glossier founder? Oh, was it really? Emily Weiss. So it should be noted that and during the, the, the stint at Teen Vogue, um, there was a uh, another intern who was doing like a stellar job. Like, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Basically what Elsie should have been doing the whole time. And it was... Yeah, she was terrible at her job, huh? She was really bad at her job. God love her, but she was terrible. But but the actual, the good intern was, um, in fact, Emily Weiss who later became the co-founder of Glossier, like I'm holding Margot's lipstick right now as I'm saying this. Um, I mean, if you look in my makeup tray, it's like 45% Glossier products. So so good for you, Emily. You go, girl. <laughs> Started I, out from the bottom. Now you now you here. Uh, now you're, I mean, didn't, I don't know. They make a lot of money. They do yeah. very well. Um, true. But back to the hills, I think some of its appeal beyond, beyond just sort of like Elsie's I don't, I wouldn't say notoriety, but like she was sort of like a fan favorite. But beyond that, it sort of blended fashion hijinks a la like Devil Wars Prada. So it was very of its time because she worked for Teen Vogue and like she got invited to these parties. And then even when she went on to go work for People's Revolution, she was always like surrounded by beautiful parties and styling people. And obviously, Elsie now has like her own line. So that was always like a huge component of it. Um, it was also about romance, which you were. Pr- experiencing at this time and also dating casually and this was like sort of the first time I'd seen women my own age dating casually and it not being stigmatized in a way 
or like you know nobody it wasn't a big deal it right, wasn't like this right. thing where like everybody talked about it for when you're in high school no. it's like you break up with someone everybody talks about it for three weeks then you get together with somebody else and it's like talked about constantly so it's like this constant rumor mill where it was just refreshing to right. see them date crappy dudes with like right. you're dating crappy dudes your friends are and, and the dates were just normal dates like they were regular we're going dates. out to dinner or we're going out for a drink like it's not this we're going over... for a walk it's yeah it, it was surprisingly normal and i think again it carried over that theme from laguna beach which is like nothing happens but everything happens yeah yeah i also think they did a very good job of capturing how a friendship breakup can be even more dramatic and upsetting and break your heart than, like, a breakup with the dude can. So true. I thought that it captured it so well. And, I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit before we sat it, we sat down to record. But, yeah. like, watching Heidi and Elsie break up as friends is honestly more traumatic than watching Don Draper throw money at Peggy and tell her to, that's what the money's for. Like, just because it's just, <laughs> it's so... Because yeah. everybody has been that friend who yeah. loses their friend to a relationship that you think is not good for them. It's, a, it's such a hallmark, especially of, like, the early 20s, like, 1920, th- that time, specifically. It can happen whenever, but, like, it's very much of that time where yeah. you experience it's that like, for the first and it's, time. And it's peak trying to figure yourself out. Right, right, And so right. everything still feels a little bit like a personal attack when things don't work out. And, yeah. like, especially if you have had this friendship for a long time, most of your friendships, you've had most of your life as since you've only recently graduated from high school and you're, like, a year or two into college, mm-hmm. you've had all the same friendships mostly for your whole life, and so you assume that's what's going to happen now. And so it's, like, that shock of, like, not being friends with somebody that you were so close with. And let's see what else. Oh, and living away from home, which was, like, a huge thing for me since I was going to community college, so I was really sort of like, oh, it's great. Like, you can just get a roommate and it'll be normal because I was like, I don't want to live in a fucking dorm. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but similar to its predecessor, oh, I already talked about this. Um, one little tidbit that I did find interesting, uh, was that not only was it cinematic style more in line with One Tree Hill than the real world, free of talking head confessionals, it was like a less misogynistic Brett Easton Ellis novel, Mm. um, where everybody is aimless and beautiful, and the author himself has, has actually agreed in the past that he not only loved the show, but he was like, yes, I couldn't have even, like, written something as good as this. That, wow, I never thought of that, but yes. Yeah, because yes. I think about the book Less Than Zero, and I was no, like... No, I know, it's Less yeah, Than if, Zero in the 2000s, for yeah, sure. Yeah, if LC was, like, didn't do any coke and wasn't a asshole, like, yeah. that, that, that's exactly it. No, it's totally true. And, I mean, even down to, like, so one of the things that Brett Easton Ellis does really well in his novels is, like, very specific brand names and, like, will get down to those minute details, and I think that's what really shapes the time in which The Hills was set is, like, we, this was, like, pre-recession, not all of it, but quite a bit of it of those first three seasons yes, that's is, so true. is pre-recession. And one of the things you'll remember, fellow millennials, is, like, everything about, like, having... And, and there's, to an extent, Laguna Beach as well, like, having the small, like, Louis Vuitton um, bag or having, like, uh, just every kind of branded, like, Juicy Couture we were talking yep. about. Or was it Dooney and Burke? Dooney and bags? Burke was a big one, too. Um, but That just Lila, ha- Lindsay Lohan model. Right, right. And, like, big coach bags are just, like, just... Oh, uh, right. Coach bags were a status symbol. Well, Kate, Kate Spade accessories. Right. Just, like, but having a big print, having it very obvious of, like... This is the brand name of most wealth. associated. Yeah, with wealth, but of that specific time period. Much like with, like, Brett Easton Olives and all this. It's like, oh, my God, this is 1986 in L.A., like, in a nutshell. That's really true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, instead of United Colors Benetton, it's Juice Couture. Right. Or um, there was a really popular shop that I would see Hills cast members 
frequent that were there was like a chain of stores but they were like upper class store called Planet Blue and it was on Montana and it was also on Main Street in Venice. I don't know if they're still around but that was sort of like a sign that you were like doing well if right. you're buying shit if you're buying $90 t-shirts from the store. Right. Okay. So now into what I like to call simply drama. These are all of the moments that I remembered off the top of my head <laughs> um, because they just have stuck with me. I think about them fa- like on a fairly regular basis, like once every three months kind of thing. So I'm going to run through them all and you just chime in whenever you have something to comment. Oh, yes. Okay. My favorite iconic quote. I want to forgive you and forget you. Oh, my God. Dramatic. So dramatic. What a line read. Um, Elsie's single black mascara tear. Oh, my God. I mean, okay, so I'm not saying that Lisa Rinna copied her on A Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion during Bunny Gate, if all of you watch that show or if any of you do. Um, the single tear, that was Lisa Rinna's, like, soap opera actress, like, just being like, this is the moment that you squeeze a tear out. Elsie, though... She maybe missed an opportunity to be a soap star, I think, personally. She was pretty good at it. If she, if the lifestyle guru thing does not work out, she might reconsider. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think she's on a great path. And oh, she totally. She needs zero career she, advice. We're, we're not qualified. Um, Kristen showing up at Spidey's wedding as Justin Bobby's date, or makes oh it God. seem like she's Justin Bobby's mm-hmm, date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elsie doesn't go to Paris. Always, always, always go, go to-, to Paris, ladies. No, no matter who's offering. Just fucking... No. Go. No. But I like to think that we all learned a valuable lesson in never, ever picking the guy over a career opportunity. I mean, to watch I know play, I did. Oh, I oh, for sure. <laughs> I watched it play out in front of me, and I was like, never doing that. She walked back in the door. I screamed, Emily. I know. I was so I know. upset. When the rolling suitcase, and then you see Whitney's face, I'm like, girl, no! I like, know. Like, good on you, Whitney, but like, Well, no. that's why Whitney ended up at Diane Furstenberg. There you go. Uh, Heidi's new face. Okay. Oh I want to go back to rewatch oh this God. clip because, oh okay, God. I forgot. I mean, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't forget. Obviously I remember that Heidi infamously had 10 plastic surgery, plastic surgery oh, procedures in one day, oh my God. which sounds crazy dangerous. Like it's so dangerous. I know this is like pre Donda, but like, it just seems insane. Like I know you're younger or whatever, but that just doesn't seem whatever that doctor needs to not have a doctor oh license God. or whatever anymore. But that was I mean, that played out in the tabloids just, for weeks, for months. One and Because it was so shocking, because her transformation, she was obviously very cute before, and then she became Amanda Lepore the next time you saw her, and not so, in a good way. Like, no. Like, Amanda Lepore, like, knockoff. Right, right. And so my favorite scene of all time, and not all of time, but, like, this is, like, a scene that, like, haunts my dreams. She goes back home, her poor, sweet Colorado mother, who is not... Very well versed in Hollywood things. She comes home. Her whole face looks different. She sits down on the couch with her mom. And she says, do you think I look good? And her mom says, I think you need to rephrase the question. And Heidi doubles down on that fucking shit. And she's like, no. Do you think I look good? And there's a silence that is so deafening. Oh, like, my God. Oh, my God. Oh if, my God. I have never heard a silence like that in my life. That was excellent. Well, um, there's one anecdote I do remember. So I, wa- I remember watching the E! interview. With oh, my. Where her fucking face yeah. can't move. Uh, she can't move her face. And I remember one of the quotes specifically was um, talking about her breast implants. She's like, well, I wanted to get an H cup for Heidi because H for Heidi. I remember that. And I was like. She, like the doctor advised her against. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, my body's too small. I was like. 
you should like you should be able you have to take a test before you get that most plastic surgery like there has to be some sort of barrier to entry here because it's not cool well she like looking at some of the ai life form that's been coming up lately like some of those robots that look very lifelike i'm just like oh that's very much the like heidi face it almost feels like nowadays it's like 10 procedures in one day is like tame when you have like human ken doll or human barbie doll like these weirdo they're not weird i mean do i don't have anything against plastic surgery you do you i tell my husband all the time like I'm going to get Botox one day and I'm not going to tell you. Like, it's you just, it's just going to happen. You're, you're lucky I'm when you're crying. That's crying. When, when I do not have tears, I, my tear ducts are fucked. You'll know the Botox has happened, but like, you should be thankful that I am terrified of being put under like to the point where I didn't even get put, put under to get my wisdom teeth pulled out. Cause I'm so freaked out by it. Oh no. So I was conscious for all of that. So I will, probably won't get a facelift, but Botox, I can totally fucking take that. Some fillers, why not? Who fucking cares? Mm. Um, other great drama. Heidi and Spencer are starting an alleged rumor about Elsie and Jason Waller's sex tape. Oh my and god. That's this the is catalyst. Pre- and this was like pre-Kardashian sex yeah. tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It launching her career type shit. What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Could, when I can't believe that she actually thought it was a bad thing. Like, that was no, one of those... I know. Because Paris Hilton had already had her sex tape out at that point because I've already... I had seen it at that time. A night in Paris. It was unwatchable because you can't... I hate fucking night vision. Like, you can't fucking tell what's happening. No, it's not a very entertaining sex tape. No, it's kind of long and it's mostly funny. Like, yeah. I, And fun fact, I stole the sex tape poster from this video store that had an adult section near my house growing up. And I had it in my room for the longest time. And when I moved out, my mom threw it away. What was Rick Solomon? Yeah. That dude ended up being like a fucking creep, right? Like just, didn't he give, to bring it all circle, didn't he give Pam Anderson hep C and Brandon Lee is going to be on the new Hills, the Hills colon new beginnings. Perhaps, but the other thing that I found out when watching an honest trailer the other day was that he that Gotti movie with John Travolta, he was like one of the producers. Oh, him and, and him and Lala from and, Vanderpump Rules' right, boyfriend, fiance, and, whatever. Exactly. And then it was produced by like movie Seven, Pass. Oh, um, it was also produced by twenty seven people. <laughs> Literally. If you look at the credits, it's twenty seven people. Oh man. And then also that movie had Ugh, they like faked a bunch of reviews to like boost the Rotten Tomatoes. The Austin the honest trailer is like I just can't. Okay, beautiful. We will watch it, will as watch soon it later as we yeah, are yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they tried to do another love triangle between Lauren, Brody, and Kristen, mm. which was lame. I never understood Brody's appeal. No. He's rich, I guess. And he, I mean, he's rich, but he, like he could never find clothes that were flattering or fit him. So whatever. And, yeah, it's kind of creepy. He has a fetish with like peak 2005 because he went through like. Lauren and then Kristen and mate, you know, whatever. But then he did Avril just, Levine. Yeah, later. I think he was just thirsty. Yeah, that's true. And like desperate to stay relevant because he has even less going on. Yeah. He's just like, he's just been told his whole life that he's handsome. Yeah. Uh, for a certain amount of time. Weird. I mean, I think now, I mean, him and Spencer aren't friends at all, but like at a time, it was like he was just Spencer's friend and they were just each other's friends and they didn't really have a whole lot going on outside of that. And what's kind of crazy is Brody is the first of the Jenner, Kardashian, um, Foster. So the Jenner, Kardashian, Foster, Hadid, um, like just that whole, he's the first one to make it on reality. I mean, it was like Calabasas, like incest family tree. He's the first one. Isn't that kind of crazy though? Like he, cause uh, keeping up with the Kardashians came after, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, he's the first one in that whole, like, four family where so many marriages happen. Like, he's the first one to get his face on reality TV. 
I know. Gross. Well, speaking of Heidi and Spencer, they eloped in Mexico, if you remember that episode. Oh, my God. And then they, like, denied it, and then it was weird, and then there was, like, and then it was thrown into question whether or not it was, like, legitimate, and all I know is that they got re-engaged at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And then the backlot ending, which everybody had mixed feelings, to the point where, like, they ended up shooting an alternate ending. Oh, my God. An alternate, an alternate ending to a reality TV show. I know! This isn't fucking St. Elmo's Fire! What are we doing? Oh my god. (laughs) Lord. Alright. So, Uh. let's get into its relevancy. Arguably, the peak relevancy of The Hills were seasons three and four. Five and six, when Elsie leaves and Kristen takes over. You could feel the show kind of running out of plot lines. They brought in Spencer's sister... Stephanie, yeah. Yeah, who has now gone on to see um, a a new career resurgence in the UK as, like, a reality show personality. Mm. I forget which one she's on. I think it's Gordy Shore or whatever. Oh, Jordy Shore. There we go. Maybe that one. Yeah, that's, like, the Jersey Shore for the UK. And then I want to say, I don't think that she dated Ollie Murs, like, the recording artist, but she dated somebody whose name sounds a lot like that. Interesting. I didn't really do much research because, I don't know, Stephanie I, Stephanie was sort of like a take her or leave her type of situation. I always thought that Spencer was beyond cruel to her. Yeah. But, well, and she was like an addict, you know, because it was kind of sad for a while. Sure. There were parts of it where I was like, well, you know, if I had your family, I'd probably also turn to drugs in right. some ways. Right. Like, it's all bad. And I think also a lot of times it felt like nobody cared about her, which was hard to watch. That is kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, So, also, peak relevancy was that they were on the cover of Rolling Stone at a certain point, and I don't think that any other reality show has made it to the cover of a prominent magazine. Like, it was a big deal that recently Vanderpump Rules was featured in vogue on the internet. Right. So, that was a big deal. And speaking of Vanderpump Rules, because I think that Vanderpump Rules owes a lot to the Hills, so much so that they've had Vanderpump Rules cast members on the Hills Sheena, who is the most insufferable character on Vanderpump Rules, and I hope never changes and never gets a sense of self-awareness. <laughs> um, I need her to be exactly how she is. She was friends with the bartender at the Dime, Stacy, which them shooting at the Dime caused me to then adopt the Dime as my own personal dive bar. Because, yes, deep down, I am a basic-ass bitch. <laughs> and I just want someone to make choices for me because there are too many choices. Um <laughs> So, she knows friends with bartender Stacy, and if you'll recall, after the elopement in Mexico happened with Spency and... Sp- Spency. Spency. That's <laughs> our nickname for him. Heidi and Spency. Spency. <laughs> Spencer started spending a lot of time at the Dime, and he was, like, always flirting with this bartender. But you could tell this bartender was just being nice, and she's trapped at work and has no interest no. in Spencer and thinks he's a whole hot-ass mess. Yeah. But Stacy and Sheena are really good friends, and Stacy, I believe, was either in Sheena's wedding to Mike Shea or... Was a bridesmaid. Oh, she was either in it as a bridesmaid or she was a guest. All I know is that I saw the back of her head in one of those episodes of, like, a very, like, quick flash. And Tom Sandoval, everybody's forehead-shaving sociopath. Oh, my God. Uh, He was at a teen, or he was at a casting call for Teen Vogue, because if you remember, you can cast your memory back far enough. Oh, yeah. Sandoval and Jax were once aspiring models. Um, And then to get slightly, like, take, like, a half-step to the left, away from Vanderpump Rules really quick to just talk about other Bravo people who have made cameos on the hills. Landon, a.k.a. the sound of a dolphin from Southern Charm, she was, I forget, somebody's fucking assistant on the hills. And don't go back and look that up. You don't need to see that. The hills, obviously, was not without its faults. It was what you would call overwhelmingly white, 
Um, and not very reflective of what I would come to know, that I know Los Angeles to be. But, to be fair, I do think it was very reflective of their... It was very reflective of, like, the subject's lives. Like, I don't really think that they led a very... They don't think they had a very diverse friend group, let's just put it that way. Right. They're from Orange County, for fuck's sake. I mean, what do you want from me? But despite... And I think that it could have been a bigger problem. I think now, I think nowadays it probably would have been a bigger problem. But I do appreciate that they didn't attempt to shoehorn them someone in there to give it some sort of diversity or be like, right. look, we have a friend of color. Like, yeah, no, exactly. That would have just been... But it, to your point, I also think it really goes to this, like, pre-recession. Like, it's all white. Right. Like, One of the things we talked about for sure was that, like, ultimately, you know, 10 years before, like, Laguna Beach. So the first time Laguna Beach aired was, like, 2004. So 10 years prior had been that season of Real World in San Francisco where you had, like, Pedro, who was HIV positive, who, you know, ended up dying, like, the night before the night of the finale or something like that. But it was just very much, like bringing all these different perspectives at the time that was really real, real world's focus was like, let's bring in these people from all different worldviews, perspectives, all right. that. Right, and the Hills was very, and Laguna Beach, she was very right. not about that. Exactly. They were not interested in having people right. from different socioeconomic classes meeting each other and, like, figuring out the figuring out their world and their life and blah, 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 and how do we communicate with each other and how do we be better people to each other. The show was not interested in that. Was the show was very much interested in drama and having it between pretty affluent white people and you want that life you want to look like that you want to have that bag you want to have like this life again it's, inspirational yeah. inspirational it was the pg-13 version of sex and city right exactly for sure. exactly i'm gonna blow through some random thoughts uh on the hills before we get into like the reboot and i talk about very cavalry um spidey 100 ahead of their time i gotta give them credit oh, i don't yeah. you may not like them i definitely found their relationship I mean, even to this day, fairly problematic as he is very controlling and it's upsetting to watch. Yes. Um, but you know what? They live their truth. What can I say? Well, and you know what? They made a shit ton of money while doing it. Yeah, so but they blew it all. Oh, they did. You're right. You're it's right. It's gone. You're right. Crystals. You're right. It's, it's done. That's why they're going to be on... I mean, Spencer fucking loves being a reality TV He's show like villain. Phoenix. It's all he wants. He's a phoenix. He rises through the ash. He sets himself on fire every time. Yeah. Um, you pointed this out, but The Hills had an after show only in Canada. Oh my God. Starring Schitt's Creek them, Dan Levy. It was really good. I got to see it twice because I was visiting my cousin in Toronto and I really enjoyed it and I was hoping that that was something that was available in the States. It was not, but it was great. Good stuff. Love you, Dan Levy. Uh, Kristen Cavallari, I believe, she doesn't like the fact that she comes across as so mean on yeah. both iter- on both iterations of these shows, but I think that she should give herself a pat on the back because I think that she definitely paved the way for other beautiful blonde reality TV show villains like Stassi and Vanderpump Rules, or, I mean, fuck, Emma Roberts, I'm sure, draws oh a little bit of inspiration from Kristen Cavallari every time Ryan Murphy renews her contract on American Horror Story. Oh, for sure. She, she is the person who put together that trope. Like, she is responsible for it. Um, Elsie, uh, filmed a pilot after she finished her time on the Hills that followed the creation of her fashion line and her lifestyle blog, but it was ultimately axed, uh, after she refused to include her personal life, which I think that she also got really tired. And I think that's also why she's not participating in the new iteration of the Hills. She's just really tired of like sharing her personal life. And to be honest, I don't blame her. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a direct, this is my, you know, fan theory, tinfoil hat type shit. 
I think there's a direct correlation between MTV's early reality show success and Bravo taking parts of those formulas to develop their current very popular ones. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, it's not a coincidence they're all owned by Viacom. Well, not to mention, I'm pretty sure some of the, the Laguna Beach Hills producers ended up having credits later on. Like, I wouldn't be I would have, surprised. So, that's a perfect segue into yeah. my last little piece of gossip. Word around the internet is... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills producers, uh, they had actually initially started as the Hills producers, and so when the reboot came about, that set of producers who basically had started Real Housewives of Beverly Hills went back to the Hills' new beginnings, and that is why there is a rumor that Lisa Vanderpump might not be a part of the cast next season, Mm -hmm. is because she developed a really good relationship with those producers, they basically get her way with fucking murder on the show, and so she is not having it now that they're not there anymore. So let's dissect this fucking reboot cast because at times it makes almost no sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, we have Whitney Port. Fine. Fine. Sure. Great. She was a part of the original cast. I actually was sort of a little bit surprised that she came back because I thought that she wouldn't have an interest. She would not. And like very much, she's very much like kind of Lauren Light. You know what I mean? Like even more boring. God bless you both. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's just she was, she had no really dramatic plot lines. The city didn't last for very long. There's not really much she has to offer to this. Yeah, the best thing that the city did was introduce us to Olivia Palm, Palmeretto, Palm, Palermo. There we go. Yeah. She is beautiful and mean and has great fashion sense. Oh, God, I love her outfits. Uh, we're going to have Jason Waller, his wife, and baby, which I don't know. Are we really doing this, you guys? Are we doing babies? Are we going to feature your babies? Because I really don't care. I her, don't want Her name's I don't want Delilah. It. Nope. <laughs> Ain't gonna learn it, not gonna live it, not gonna know it. Uh, we also have Audrina returning, which, fun fact about Audrina, she split from Corey, whatever the fuck, who was on her show, Audrina, uh, that BMX biker guy. Oh, yeah. Who she has a child with. Um, she split from him and then got back together with Ryan Cabrera, who she dated on the hills briefly. So many people did a stint with him. But they sadly split up. Mm. Yeah, Ashley Simpson never forget. So, mm. Audrina's coming back. Spidey, of course, are coming back, and you best believe they're going to have Baby Gunner with an ER, not an AR, which I just think is just a really bizarre, aggressive way to spell it. But oh my god! Anyway, they're gonna ha- they're gonna be back on the show. Their baby already has an Instagram account, so you best believe that Spencer will be shoving that baby in front of the camera. He's oh, totally. made it no secret that he wants his child to be Instagram reality show. Snapchat fucking famous. That's that's his biggest goal for his child, which I think is a very sad, bizarre goal to have for your child. That kid's going to pay for everything for them. Brody Jenner is coming back. Also recently got married, so expect his wife to be featured. And then, so this is a rumor that you and I cannot seem to agree upon. Because we have conflicting sources. So <laughs> Kyle Massey from Corey in the House, but I know him best from uh, That's So Raven. Yeah, yeah, I would is too. coming to the hills? Yeah, that's question what mark. People were saying, and um, I, I what I'd like to call is Corey in the hills, but <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my god! It's but he's like a weird, real working actor. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. Well, and also like, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't understand like what what he'd have to offer. How he's connected to everyone here. That's the other thing. Is like, I don't know where the connection lies. Neither do I. But Your speaking of, as good as me. of like, where I mean, connections lie. tenuous connections. Okay, well, we can go back to her, but. Brandon Lee is aunt of of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's spawn fame. Talk about sex tapes, you know? I just don't 
But, like, he doesn't have a sex tape. No. Or at least, like, if he does, then, like, let's get that shit out. Let's do this. Let's, like, make you relevant. Because I have no idea what no, the fuck I need to care about No, it's strictly his parents. Like, there is not a single thing that I've heard about him that it well, he's a, me. apparently an aspiring actor, yeah. so maybe that's what him and Corey in the Hills have in common. Maybe but they live together. he's only been in that Netflix movie, Sierra Burgess is a Loser, which you watched, and you're like, I don't remember. I don't remember him. No, it's, it's Noah Centineo. That's the big, you know. I mean, to be honest... Honest, the thing that I know the most about Brandon Lee is that he punched his douchebag father once because he thinks that he's a piece of shit. And you know what, dude? I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's kind of all that I know about Brandon Lee. Again, his connection, I feel like I can make the core, the Corey in the house connection work for me. I feel like Brandon, I'm like, what the fuck that's is true. this? That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, you live in know. Malibu, so, like, you probably know Brody Jenner in some way, but I don't... I don't know. This makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely The no only sense. thing that makes sense is oh Misha Barton. Because at least there's a one-to-one correlation oh, yeah. here. Yeah. And they keep trying to be like, well, Misha used to party with all of them. Like, I don't care. No, she was on the OC. This show is The Hills. It's tangentially related. That's the it ultimate doesn't matter. full circle. Ultimate full circle right there. The inspiration for this whole thing to start, Laguna Beach, the was on the OC. Yes. My God. And then we'll, let's also welcome back to the stage Justin Bobby, Stephanie Pratt, oh and Frankie Delgado. Frankie was actually really fun, I remember. He, he dated Hillary Duff for a while. That's what I found out in my research. What? I know. She she had some interesting ones for a while. I know. She dated one of the Madden twins, which I was like, girl, what is happening here? Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Any hoodle. Um, So, unfortunately... Kristen Cavallari will not be returning to The Hills, colon, New Beginning. Because she has her own excellent reality show, Very Cavallari. Yes. Which I believe if it wasn't renewed for a second season, it she would have ended up going back to The Hills. But because she isn't going back, she is possibly planning on having Stephen Coletti make an appearance. And I think she might even try to have Lauren make an appearance, too, since they both sort of have similar jobs now. Where, like, she has Uncommon James, just like, Uncommon James, excuse me, I slurred that all together. She's like a jewelry line. Very Cavallari follows her. The first season follows her opening up her new store in Nashville, which is where she lives, with her hilarious reality sh- reality show gold of a husband, Smoke and Jay Cutler. Who, okay. I mean, honestly, if there's one takeaway I get from her show is that I absolutely adore her husband. I think he's hysterical. And I think they're really funny together. They have, like, a weird, like, Lucy Ethel vibe where, like, he's, like, the weird goofy one and she's, like, the straight man. And I find the whole thing to be hysterical and the smartest thing Kristen does is not feature her children on this show give me your messy employees with their veneers that are too large for their mouth or they're like excellent Jennifer Connelly eyebrows musician boyfriend okay that that dude (laughs) girl run like come on (laughs) no yeah yeah or you know hunky Jesus who's not that hunky when his hair is down but like everybody talks everybody keeps telling you that he's hot so you're like is he hot I don't know anymore (laughs) I feel like I've been brainwashed um, but Very Cavalry is excellent. Highly recommend watching it. Very funny. It's like six episodes. It flies by. The she's Kristen is very much trying to be like young Lisa Vanderpump, and guess what? I am here for it. I think that's an excellent idea. Agreed. And of course, Elsie will not be returning because she. I mean, similar to somebody had once asked, oh God, what's his name? Harold Ramis. Oh yeah. If he wanted to come back and do Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And oh, bu- Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Oh my Sorry. God. Oh, my we God. We got our Canadians mixed Excuse up. Excuse me. Somebody once asked Rick Moranis if he wanted to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and his publicist wrote back, no, because he did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> 
And I think LC feels very much along those same lines. Um, and to be honest, great. I mean, if you want to catch up with her, her Instagram is right there. I sometimes I go on her blog when I just want to look at pretty stuff. Yeah. Um, and I almost paper use one crown. Of, that's it. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's her brand. Okay, because I just enter into Google Elsie blog and it just comes up. Yeah. Oh, speaking of blogs, I almost forgot to mention in the hills, the hills reboot. There will be two more cast members. They're allegedly bloggers. Their identity is being kept under wraps for whatever reason. We shall see. It's already started filming. They started filming in August, so I feel like we'll get a new season probably early ni- early 2019, probably like late January, early February, if yeah. I had to guess. Yeah. Because I highly doubt they're going to f- shoot through the holidays. Uh, they might shoot more like after the holidays, but that doesn't mean you can't start editing and put that shit together because I really want to see how any of this makes any sense together. But yeah, Elsie's not coming back. Kristen's not coming back. And Lo Bosworth has made... No secret that she is not a fan of anybody who is currently involved in the show. So she will also not be coming back. Low. And here are two fun little tidbits before we sign off. We have a very good friend that we share who actually went to Spidey's wedding. Yes. We should actually get her to give us her little, like, five-minute lowdown. We can just, like, record her telling us that she how that experience was. We've watched the, she and I watched the episode together drunk and she's pointed out the back of her shoulder and one of her boobs that's in one of the shots. Um, and it sounds like it was just as messy as you would have imagined it would have been, but probably worse because there's also a camera crew involved. So that just adds like a whole other layer of complication to getting married. When I became friends with this person, I was so excited because I had spent most of college watching the Hills with my friends. That was like our activity once a week. And we, oh my God, immediately texted when I found out about this. I texted one of my closest friends who uh, I used to watch every week. I'd watch the Hills with her and be like, oh my God, I am now friends with someone who attended Spidey's wedding. This was for me the moment of like, wow, I am, I live in California. I mean, that's true. Like what's living in California if there aren't like two degrees of separation between you and someone who's experienced something that you have idolized? Oh, for sure. Um... And then a fun fact, while I was in community college, I went to Santa Monica Community College. I would shout out whatever our mascot is, but we don't have one. Um, and I was working in Brentwood, which is sort of like a bougie neighborhood where a lot of rich and famous people live. And I worked at a jewelry store, and I was helping this dude pick out a present for, he said, like his coworker slash employee. It was her birthday, and it was also a wrap party for a show that they had just finished. And so the nature of this jewelry store was that I would, like, I was seated at, like, a large table desk, and, like, the client could sit across from me, and, like, they could watch me, like, wrap a present. This would be, like, more of, like, an intimate experience. So this dude is, like, literally sitting across from me at a table, and he's asking, like, these weird leading questions while I'm trying to concentrate on wrapping a present. And essentially, he says to me something to the effect of, like, oh, do you watch Laguna Beach? And I was like, no, I, like, I go to high school. I don't need to fucking watch a bunch of rich kids go to high school. And I think he asked me what I thought about Lauren, and I think I called her boring. And he then dropped the bomb that he had just wrapped the show, The Hills, <laughs> and that I should still check it out anyway. That executive producer's name was Adam DeVillo. Um, it was fine. He was very nice about the whole thing. And then I later saw a picture of Elsie in Us Weekly wearing the necklace that I helped him pick out. So that was like a fun little fun full circle moment. I love it. Any parting thoughts on the impact of Laguna Beach and The Hills? I, uh, I miss those, those mini skirts. No, I'm kidding. No, nobody misses those. <laughs> they didn't look good on anybody. Oh, just that it is kind of crazy that I don't think MTV by any means went into it thinking like 
they would shape a way of reality television. I think they were just like, let's, the OC has just aired, let's make a quick buck, you know. 100%, because reality shows are always about just making quick money. Cashing in on a, you know. So the fact that they even, like, invested nine months, again, is bonkers to me to, like, do this, like, quick turnaround. Right, right. And what was supposed to be, like, a cash grab. I mean, it's not to say that it's not, but, like, it ended up being a little bit more than that. For sure, like the the cultural, it did end up shaping a lot of the cultural landscape of in terms of aspirational TV, reality television, having this sleek, edited, you know, almost looking like a scripted TV show vibe. Like, amazingly, that's what ended up shaping it. Yeah. I think, obviously, <clears throat> The Hills had such an impact because, or else why would they be rebooting it if they right. didn't think that there was still an audience? And although the trend is to constantly reboot things... I think that, you know, between MTV and Beach when they have enough reality shows going on that they wouldn't necessarily need to reboot it unless they thought that it was a viable and culturally, culturally, pop culturally significant show that was worth revisiting. Yeah. Or at least that's what I hope. If anything, it'll just be like a total trash can fire and we'll enjoy it either way. For sure. For sure. We're, we'll watch together. <laughs> well... That was the first episode of All Millennial. Yeah. Confetti. Yay. Weird shh, whistles. Shh, champagne. Burr, 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 magic Mike. Cool. Well, um, if you enjoyed what you heard, you know, I'm sure you've listened to a podcast before, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, as of recording, we don't have any sort of social media presence set up. Yeah. But you can find me on Twitter at Margs, she wrote. And you can find me on Twitter at Emily A. Beijing, which is, I have to spell out, I just realized, E-M-I-L-I-E-A-B-E-G-I-N. <laughs> Maybe we'll just put that in show notes. We'll, we'll put that in show notes. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for listening. Thank and you. We'll, we won't see you next time because that's not how podcasts work, but yeah. we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.